Welcome to episode number 100 of Thimbleberry U. I am John Gay. I'm joined by Amy Walls of Thimbleberry Financial. Amy, we started this in what, 2018, 19? And here we are at episode 100. 2019, four years. You are so organized. I knew you would have that right at the tip of your tongue to know when we started this. So in commemoration of our special 100th episode, we're going to peel back the curtains a little bit on the integration between financial planning and wealth management right here at Thimbleberry. So we'll jump right in. Amy, I know you and your team do both. Obviously, the integrated approach to these two things, again, financial planning and wealth management is important to you and your team. Talk a little bit about why you feel that way and what that does for your clients. Well, first of all, it's been so fun over the last four years recording with you. Likewise. I feel strongly. I am passionate about financial planning and wealth management being combined. Mm -hmm. Uh, I saw a meme recently that talked about what most people think financial planning is, and that's investment management. Yeah. But what it really encompasses is goal identification, cash flow evaluation, cash management. Those are two different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Debt, insurance, real estate, investments. So there it is. Education, retirement, estate planning, and taxes. So... How I think about it is all of those different things that I just named, they're pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And some of the puzzle pieces even go deeper. So let's say an investment account is an IRA versus another investment account is a Roth IRA. They're separate puzzle pieces. Same thing is true on cash flow. There can be multiple puzzle pieces. Different real estate is multiple puzzle pieces. So why I believe it needs to be integrated is to make someone's financial picture the way they want it to be, we have to look at all of these things together and see how they're playing together in order to make that picture beautiful. So to further your puzzle piece analogy, you listed 10 or 11 items off the cuff right there. So if we had this spread out on our dining room table, this is not really a 10-piece puzzle. This is one of those like thousand-piece puzzles of the Portland skyline, right? Absolutely. It has so many different pieces. You know, recently I was looking at a situation for someone who is wanting to purchase a new home. Mm -hmm. They also have a goal of retiring early, quite early. Yeah. Compared to when most people think they could retire. And maybe retirement might be the wrong word here. They'd like to achieve financial independence at a very young age. And they're very much on track for doing so. Okay. But in looking at the home purchase they wanted, unfortunately, dollars would be getting used twice. Because when you're retiring and needing cash flow well before 59 and a half, that money needs to be in taxable accounts. But that's ideally the same money you'd be using to pay off a house. And with today's higher interest rates, those dollars need to be used twice. Okay. So how do we make the puzzle work in that situation? Because you've got both things trying to use the same dollars. And that's cash flow management. It's real estate. It's debt. It's investments. It's retirement. It's taxes. Just in that one question, it's all of those things. Right. I'm also passionate about this because I have an obligation and a responsibility, and I take that very seriously, to do what's in our client's best interests. Mm -hmm. Let's say someone wants to invest and they have a mortgage at five and a half percent or six or seven percent, given today's new rates. Yeah. In my world, it is very likely 
and I can't imagine a scenario where I wouldn't say that it's better for them to pay that debt down than it is for them to invest, for example, in a taxable account. Because if we're looking short term, the growth rate they may have over a few years versus paying down that debt may not exceed the interest rate. That was different when the interest rates were 3%. Oh, for sure. So what I'm really getting at and probably oversharing is that passion that the pieces tie together because we can't give great advice if we only look at a portion of the picture. That's fair. And in several years of doing this podcast with you, it's been very clear to me and I'm sure our audience as well, the passion that you have for this. Again, those two pieces of it, financial planning and wealth management. What happens if a client comes to you and only wants one of those two? Well, I have two answers to this. So okay. Jag, I didn't use my uh, favorite words. Of, it depends. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate that. The first is it's going to be a teaching moment. And that happens through questions and information. That could be a teaching moment for them or for me. Okay. But I look at our role as we are a provider of financial education first. And if we provide right and proper education, clients are going to choose the right thing for them. Mm -hmm. So in doing that, in providing this education, we're going to ask a lot of questions about what's going on in their thought process. The reason that they you know, might think they don't need planning. Maybe, for example, they're retired and they think, well, gosh, if I'm already retired, I don't need planning. Hmm. But then from understanding that, we can educate that, well, in retirement, for a successful retirement, we need to know cash flow evaluation. We need to know and have factored in retirement distributions and where they're coming from. That plays a role in taxes. Yeah. All of that plays a role in estate planning when you're wanting to leave the money to a charity or your kids and have a set amount. And all of that ties to cash management and basically the recreation of a paycheck. So if someone's still saying it doesn't sound right for me, that's okay. Because our relationship first has to be about fit. And if our dual approach doesn't sit well, we're happy to recommend, you know, another advisor who might be a better match or, you know, the CFP board if we don't know someone personally where people can find advisors that may have a different philosophy. So it really seems like you're not going to take on a client if they're dead set on doing one or the other, because doing both really is central to the way you operate. Uh, how do the costs compare when doing both? Um, it's a little bit hard to say because all advisors charge differently. Yeah. It varies across the board. We have a transparent fee structure. We charge separately for financial planning and for wealth management. Mm -hmm. And we charge for financial planning based on complexity of what we're doing. And through this, and once we know a client's situation, clients will know exactly what it is they're paying for and see how each service is shaping their financial journey. Mm -hmm. Some advisors I know add the cost of financial planning into their wealth management fees. And I've heard the opposite, too, that some advisors won't charge for asset management costs, but I'll charge it as an upfront financial planning fee. Okay. So there's just variety. And so I can't say for certain, but we know that our costs are in alignment with other advisors. We check that regularly. The other thing that I'd say when you ask about costs that it's easy to forget about is that time is money. Yeah. And by us doing both, we save our clients time. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. If there's a question that's planning related. Let's use this example earlier that I talked about where someone's looking at buying a new house. 
That's a planning-related question, but it ties to investments. Right. So as I look at that, I actually get to go look at the investments and the consequences of what that's going to do to their investments and how they may be able to realign the investments to fit with the strategy as well as make contributions going forward so that then when I talk to the client, we're able to talk about all the pieces at once. It's not us talking about the planning and then the client needs to go figure out with their investment advisor or on their own if they're doing their investments now, how do I adjust all of my investments? To evaluate one, we've already evaluated the other. That makes a lot of sense that you're not having to go between two different people. I know uh, the first financial advisor that Ellen and I had was more of a wealth manager and was looking at investments and things like that, but didn't really get that much into the financial planning piece of it. So then we actually changed advisors and went to somebody who, similar to the way you do it, does both because we can now have more of a all-encompassing conversation with this advisor about we'd like to do X, but how is it going to affect Y? And he has all the data in front of him that he can have a conversation with us and save, like you said, that time is money on all the back and forth. Yeah. So it does make sense why you do both. You look at the big picture to give advice based on facts and client feelings and ensure the various pieces of the financial plan, like you said, those puzzle pieces fit together. You said you're not a fit for everyone, Amy. Who would you say is the ideal Thimbleberry client? It's a great question. You're always good at coming up with some great questions. <laughs> Our sweet spot really lies with retirement-focused professionals in healthcare and tech sectors. Mm -hmm. The reason for that is they have a steady income flow and are keen on uh, smartly navigating through their financial path, whether it's planning for kids' education, buying a new home, or transitioning you know, into that comfy retirement. So goal-focused, positive, good cash flow and assets, and ultimately, they're focused on that financial independence or retirement. Okay. So we talked about being centralized here for one conversation that you have access to all the information in front of you. How does that client communication work in your case, Amy? We try to keep it as simple and client-focused as possible. So I am currently the only advisor at Thimbleberry. Each of our clients has a dedicated team, we call them service teams, mm -hmm. that work with a client group. So not everybody works with everybody in our office. Okay. And we do that so that the team working with our clients knows that client, you know, the ins and outs. So outside of me, there's our paraplanner, and that person really acts as a go-to person to make sure all of the client's data is intact, um, they're doing account openings and money movements and things for that client so they can see all the pieces tying together. Um, we have a chief of staff. Uh, she's really my right hand. Uh, she plays a role with all clients in making sure communication flows smoothly, um, things are scheduled appropriately. She knows if a question comes up, which team member can answer it best and get an answer fast if I'm in meetings all day or all week. And we do that just simply so that clients aren't lost in a maze of contacts and they really get the attention and information they need as accurately and as quickly as possible. We're into our 100th episode. Have we ever shouted out your chief of staff? I'm not sure we have. I'm not sure we have either, but I think we probably should. I mean, she listens to the podcast for you, doesn't she? She does. Yeah, she listens when I don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
So shout out to Sarah for also being my point of contact with all the production pieces once Amy and I do record these podcasts. So uh, thanks to your help, Sarah, for all of uh, that you do to help to keep the wheels uh, moving with this podcast, too. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. I think at some point we should bring Sarah on and have her talk about her experiences. I'd like to see her face when she hears this part of the podcast. But for those who are interested in working with you with the approach that you take to all of this, Amy, for your team, you and Sarah and everybody there at Thimbleberry Financial, how do they best reach you? They can reach us and they will probably reach Sarah by giving us a call at 503-610-6510 or by uh, chatting with us at thimbleberryfinancial.com. And if you do call and you do talk to Sarah, please say to her, oh, you're Sarah that I heard about in the podcast. Yeah, she is awesome. Thanks again for 100 great episodes. Amy, here's to 100 more and we'll talk soon. Sounds great, Jack. Thank you for the 100 episodes. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Thimbleberry Financial are not affiliated. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Thibbleberry Financial are not affiliated.